This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Thank you, Daniel. Hey, good morning. My name is Joe Merrick. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey. I want to say thank you for being here, especially if you are new this morning. We want to say thank you for just having the courage to be with us. And whether you are new or you have been around many times before, I want to encourage you to reach into the seat back in front of you. And you can find a Connect card, uh, something like this on that Connect card. You can just give us some of your information there. And we would love, especially if you're new, to send you just a small thank you for being here. Even if you're not new, though, there's uh, lots of stuff we'd still like to gather from you, prayer requests, decisions that you've made, other things you might want us to know about. And so if you would fill that out and you can drop it by and uh, drop it, drop it, drop it, third time's a charm, drop it in the uh, offering bags as they go by you at the end of our time together, or there are some baskets uh, as you exit this room and then out the front doors. Hey, a couple of things before we go any further. Number one, just thank you. Uh, I didn't know about the appreciation basket and all that kind of stuff. And so it's truly an honor for me uh, to be your pastor. And uh, I uh, just want to say thank you for uh, that. Thank you for uh, saying thank you to me, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, also, the second thing is uh, many of you probably got this in the mail this week, but we wanted to take a moment just to point to it. Uh, our quarterly giving letters went out this week, and attached to that, we had a letter that was kind of a church update, kind of information about um, where we are at. We're about a year from our Healthy Growing Churches console, and it kind of explains some of what we've been doing for the last year and then points us to kind of a new stage that we're coming into, a period of kind of uh, re-evaluating and coming up with uh, evaluating vision and mission and all those pieces. I thought it was a little... Ah. We got a little more light there, all right? Um, So uh, re-evaluating kind of where we're moving forward and kind of really thinking about moving forward. And so uh, lots of information. We took a moment to write about that and we put it in your quarterly giving letter. If you missed that, um, there are some letters that are on the white tables kind of right before the exit. So if uh, at the end of our service time together, you want to grab one of those uh, just so you can have it and and look at it, we would... uh, We would like for you to do that. Just good information in there. With that share, let me pause and I'll pray for us and then we'll jump in. God, we've taken some time this morning to just sing. We talked about hope. How you are the one who brings us hope. God, we talked about your love and how amazing it is. And God, how it is enough for us. God, I pray that that is on all of our hearts. In a world we strive for so many things and we forget that you are enough. God, be enough for me, be enough for every person in this room today. You're so much more. You have plans and dreams for us that are so much wilder than we can even imagine. Help us to lean in to those. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Well, uh, welcome to week number four of our series entitled Overbooked. And as you might have guessed or picked up on by now, this series is all about that feeling when you uh, open up your phone and you look at your calendar and you think there are not enough hours in the day for all of the tasks, all of the things, all the demands that are being placed on me kind of continually. The experience of running from here to there, going, 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 uh, trying to meet this task and this demand and be here and be there and then getting to the end of the day and not feeling like we've accomplished enough, just kind of being overwhelmed by all there still is to do. It's a feeling we know well, right? It's a feeling that so many people feel. It's so common in our society. Just this week, I was uh, talking with a, a lady, and she was just, we were just chit-chatting. It wasn't about anything in particular. We were on our way together someplace, and she said, you know, I, I'm just, it's so busy, and I think my kids are trying to kill me. And I, like, paused, because it kind of came out of left field a little bit. And I was like, oh, like behavioral. And she's, no, no, they're just, there's so many things that they're involved in. We're going here and we're going there. I told her that's exactly what we've been talking about at church this month. Being overbooked is something we know all too well, right? My prayer for you today my prayer uh, throughout this series has been that we would realize that God has something to say about the frantic pace we live our life at. Week number one, we went straight to uh, the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, where we're commanded to keep a Sabbath a time of rest, right from the very first week. And one of the things we pointed to was that this wasn't just about getting enough sleep. It wasn't just about avoiding burnout. But it was a way that God's people were to show that they trusted in God. That they trusted in God more than they trusted in their own human efforts. That's what they, that's what they were trying to uh, show by keeping a Sabbath. And we pointed to in that first week that busyness isn't just a schedule problem. It's a heart problem. Week number two. We talked about uh, one of busyness' uh, biggest contributing factors Worry. Have you ever noticed how worry and busy kind of go together? They feed off of one another. The busier we are, the more we feel like we have to worry. When I'm in a busy season, I'll notice that even when I stop, even when I take a break, I feel like my heart is still going. I'm still kind of, my mind is still working, focused, thinking about that next thing, what is coming down the line. Jesus knows we have this tendency. And so in Matthew chapter 6, 
Matthew chapter 6, he, he gives us a command. A command, mind you, not a suggestion. He says, do not worry. We talked a lot about this passage because he uh, kind of has, he goes on and he gives three kind of specific reasons why we shouldn't worry. And we talked about that in week number two. All of them point to the fact that worrying about tomorrow distracts us from what God is doing today. And it steals our ability to trust in him. To trust in him. And that's what God wants for us. Last week, we talked about priorities. Having priorities in life. Understanding what is really important. And understanding that when we say yes to one thing, we're also saying no to something else or maybe several other things. Throughout this series, throughout the series, we've kind of, we've turned to this definition of busy or maybe kind of the core problem of busyness in our life. And that is that busy is so often a code word. It's a code word for living our life at such a fast pace, jamming so many things into it that we seldom or maybe never stop and think about where our life is headed. Where the direction of our life and our family, where all this busyness is taking us. Since this is our last week, I wanted to just kind of pause here for a moment and talk about that idea. This pace isn't how God wants us to live. If you were uh, making kind of a list of your priorities, if you were saying, these are the things I really want to say yes to in life— Here's just a couple general ones. Maybe you were saying, yes, I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy, but work has you so stressed that you don't eat right. Your calendar is so full that uh, imagining trying to run or go to the gym, it seems almost laughable. It's the busyness. It's all the activity. Is it driving you in your life, in the direction you want it to go. Or maybe you want to be an example of faith to your kids. That would be a good kind of goal in life, something that you want to uh, uh, attribute or attain in life. But if you listed out the number of times that your kids saw you pray or you had some kind of spiritual conversation with them, a time that you spent uh, in, in the Bible and you compared it to all the activities, to all the uh, sporting events and all the places that they're going, and all the things that you're doing, just the activities of getting them there. How would it compare? Would it even come close? What would that comparison say about our priorities? That list of examples that could go on and on. This isn't about a guilt trip, about uh, being too busy with work or with extra activities. It's whatever that fills our calendar. 
But I wanted to get us to stop and ask the question. The question I think we so rarely stop and ask, and that is, where is this busyness? Where is it taking me? Is it taking me where I want to go? Is it taking me in my family where God wants us to go? Bottom line for me in this series is that if we could uh, listen to the talk today or one of the talks this month throughout this series and we begin to ask that question, Where's the busyness taking me? Is it taking me and my family in the direction God wants us to? I think we've been successful. Because it's a question we don't stop and ask enough. Okay. Well, today, what we want to talk about is the antidote to all of the worry, to the busyness that God prescribes for us in scripture. And that is to trust, to trust him. To begin talking about that, I want to turn back to a passage we've been to a couple of times here in this series, Matthew chapter 6, but I want to look specifically at verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, this is a verse that we like. We like this verse, right? All these things will be given to you as well. But one of the things I think, if we are honest, that so often we miss is that word first. We like that, that verse, we like the concept, but so many times we like to omit the word first, or we at least like to think it's not very important. In other words, we have no problem seeking God second or tenth or fifteenth or making little deals to say, you know, God, when life kind of gets organized, when I'm finally on that right career path, when I get this promotion, when uh, the 401k is at this point, when I meet the one, when uh, we move to this neighborhood, when whatever happens that we think will kind of complete our life, when those things are complete, we say, then God, then I'll really focus on you. But there's an order there's an order to Matthew 6, 33. It says, seek God first. Seek him first. But we like to seek the everything part. We like to seek everything and we like to seek it now. And we have the calendars to prove it. Corey Ten Boom. A Dutch Christian during the Holocaust who wrote a famous book about how her and her family kind of hid uh, Jews from the Nazis. She said this about busyness. Maybe you've heard this quote before. If the devil can't make you bad, he will make you busy. In other words, 
He will tell you it's okay to ignore the word first in Matthew 6.33. Go ahead, seek it all, he says, knowing that when you seek it all, God will drop from your priorities. Another quote, Stephen Covey in his famous book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he said this, anything less than a conscious commitment to the important is an unconscious commitment to the unimportant. That's what Matthew 6.33 is telling us. Except Jesus wants to make sure that we don't miss out on what's most important. He's telling us what's most important. He says, God is most important. Trusting him is most important. Do that first and then everything will fall into place after that. How do we do that is a fair question. One I want to turn another, uh, to another passage for. Psalms 46, verse 10. 46, 10 says this. Be still. Be still and know I am God. Have you ever read that verse and wondered, why do we need the be still part? Wouldn't it be just enough to say and and know that I am God? Maybe. But sometimes I think we need it in there because we need to stop. We need to stop and realize that the world keeps spinning. Things keep happening. There's something about ceasing what we're doing that brings truth. And power to our belief that God is the one that's in control. Rick Warren talked about this verse and he said this. The number one reason you're under stress. That's what uh, being overbooked is. That's what busyness is, right? It's stress. That's what we feel. Is because you're in conflict. You're in conflict with God. You're trying to control things that only God can control. You can't control your husband or your kids or your wife or your job or your future or your past or any of that. The more you do it, the more you're trying to play God. And that puts you in opposition to God. Not only are you going to lose that battle, that conflict, but you're also going to be tired. Isn't that what busyness does to us? It leaves us tired. After all of the running, after all of the time and the energy spent going from here to there, going from this task to the next one, feeling all of these demands, we're left tired. Be still. Be still and know I am God. Let's talk about some specific ways we can do that this week. 
I got three for you today. Number one is we need to say no more often. Say no more often. Whether we realize it or not, when we're saying yes to one thing, we're saying no to something else. And so often we say yes to the less important thing. And so without realizing it, we end up saying no to what's most important. Those things get crowded out of our life. This means that sometimes we even have to say no to some good things. That can be hard. It can be hard. And if you're anything like me, it's not easy to say no sometimes. And so one of the things that I think is really helpful is the idea of making some pre-decisions. You know what pre-decisions are, right? They are decisions you make before you're even in the situation where you have to make a decision. You figure out some of the things you want to say yes to and some of the things you want to say no to. It's kind of like budgeting your time just like you would your money. You know, you have this much and I want to spend this much here and this much there. And so I'm going to make some pre-decisions right now about what I'm going to say yes to and no to in life based on what's most important to me, what I think God wants for me and my family. Number two is to create margin. Margin is the space in life between tasks, activities, demands. There's times, there's places that bring us kind of rest. It lets us recharge our batteries. But you know what else margin does for us? Margin allows us to be creative. Margin allows the space in our life for us to care about people to care for ourselves, to clarify vision. It gives us the space to see where God is moving in our life. But margin, downtime, breaks. They're the first thing to go, right? When busyness comes, when busyness happens, it's important All those things we just talked about, they're important. We have to make plans to have margin. Right now, I want to take a moment and I want to talk to the people who are rolling their eyes at me. Right? Because this is uh, is a series about being overbooked, about busy. And you're telling me, wait, now i got to create space where I'm not doing things? It's impossible. Hear me when I say this. The more impossible creating margin seems to you, the more you need it. The more you need it. Maybe you can't do it today or tomorrow or this week, but find some time. Figure out some things that you can say no to, some things that that can wait a little bit, that you can create some space in life have some margin to do those things that are so important we just talked about too, that we can have creativity, that we can care for ourselves and others. We can see where God is leading us. I'm telling you, it's counterintuitive, but it makes all the other tasks 
a little easier. Finally, number three. Number three is to enjoy something today. Enjoy something today. Enjoy something every day. One of the things that happens when we're in this busy season of life, when we're kind of in this chronic busyness, is we're always going here to there, doing this, doing that. And even when we're here in one place, we're thinking about where we need to be in the next hour, the next day, the next week. We don't take the time to pause, to wonder, to really just appreciate where we are at. It's one of the things that busyness steals from us, our ability to be present in the moment. And so my challenge for you is to find one thing each day, one thing each day that you can really enjoy, one thing you can be thankful for. One thing that when you put your head on the pillow at night, you can look back and you can say, you know what? I remember uh, how my kids smiled in this moment. I remember how it felt when I got that hug from my spouse. I remember when I was at work and I completed that task and it felt so good. Something that can still bring a smile to your face. Enjoy at least one thing each day. Hold on to it. And lastly, I got one kind of bonus thought for you. This week, this is one of the things I've been working on. I was reading, and I was reading about how this, this author was describing how uh, when you're busy, how everything becomes immediate, and it, it takes away our patience. And how that even happens with God. And so our prayers become, God, can, this is happening in my life. Can you do this? And can you do it, do it as soon as possible? Right? Or, or uh, God, move in this direction. Do it uh, as soon as possible. Do everything immediate. Do it now. We become impatient with everyone, even God. And so this author was saying, you know, rather than adding ASAP to my prayers, I've been trying to add A-L-A-T as long as it takes. I-T? Anyway, you get the idea. As long as it takes, God. I know this is really important. This is important to me. This is important to you. Do this in my life as long as it takes. I know it can't be rushed. So many times this week as I've tried to do this, it's gone against my nature. I said, God, you know, this seems really big. Can you fix it? Can you do it now? I know when I'm praying as long as it takes that that's how God wants me praying. Because it allows God to form us in the process into who he wants us to become. I know when I pray that way that who I am becoming, who God is creating me to be, who he is forming me to be even now, is more important than any task that's on my calendar. 
Let's pray today. One of those as long as it takes prayers. Dear God, this is a room full of busy people. People who have incredible demands placed on them in the office, at home, who have kids that have their own schedules that need help. And God, so many times, we just describe ourselves as busy. And so many times I worry that when we describe ourselves as busy, what we're saying is, I'm just running through life. Going from here to there, I'm moving as quick as I can, and I'm not really ever stopping and wondering, God, is this the direction you want my life to go? My prayer for this series, God, has been that each week would be one of those moments where we stop and we're asking ourselves that question. And so collectively today, God, we just, we come before you and we ask. Is the busyness that's in my life, the activities, the demands, all of those things, is it driving me closer to who you want me to be or further away? God, because we want to be the people you are creating us to be every day. As long as it takes. It's that important. God, if the answer for some of us today is that all the busyness is taking us away from you rather than closer to you, taking us further away from who you want us to become rather than closer to it. My prayer is that we'd have the courage and the strength just to confess that, to admit it to ourselves, to you, and then the courage to do something about it this week. Just one thing. Help us to be able to do that today, God. In your name we pray. Amen.